Welcome to PT Shop Talk, where a couple of folks talk about therapy, family, movies, music, sports, and everything in between. Remember that this podcast represents the opinions of the hosts and guests and should not be taken as medical advice. The content is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Everyone is a unique and special snowflake, so please consult your healthcare professionals for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. We take every effort to ensure that the information presented is accurate and we welcome any comments, suggestions, and corrections of error. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including, but not limited to, establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. Now, here are your hosts. A brown cow. Welcome, everybody, to episode 24 (laughs) of PT Shop Talk. On today's episode, we talk about taking on interns and PT students and the struggles and rewards with that. And then we finish up with our top five television series of the 21st century. I'm Casey Hansen. With me today is Nick Demogorgon Doling and Jeremy King of Dragons Van Klompenberg. Welcome, gentlemen. Each and every week, I'm just almost at a loss. Like, how do I, how do I how respond much time to does, that? How much time does that take? You were just spot on every week. Too much, too much. <laughs> yeah, Larry the Cable Guy last week. He that's, had you, or two weeks ago, right? That's why I take uh, so many PT students. I have other things I need to get done instead of seeing my patients. <laughs> I said, hey, you got to give me about two, two hours. I got to go make nicknames up. I got to go research some stuff. Yeah, my students are like, well, it makes sense. That must be what all PTs do. So, <laughs> more or less. It's like a good career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then, then they actually get into the real world and they're, they're super angry at me. Yeah. Like, I haven't made a single nickname <sighs> since I've started the job. You're doing it wrong. Doing it wrong. Just wait. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> you got to build up a little equity. So, yeah, you do. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, I feel like I just saw you recently. In person, because you did. Oh, in people, good at touch. In people. Yeah, yeah in, in person. Yeah, in yeah. person. Was that yeah. today? Was that today? No, no. We were together this weekend. At, we were together this weekend, Nick and I. At the Mighty Show on thirty second anniversary celebration. And rolling at the Twins game. Super fun. <laughs> Nick saw, almost got to live a boyhood dream out, and he didn't. <laughs> throw the first pitch. No, uh, no, no. Uh, I, I don't want to steal your thunder, Nick, but uh, Nick has always wanted to see a Grand Slam in person. And yeah. a Grand Slam at the game and we got to watch our TV. He was in line getting a drink while it happened. So, <laughs> well, I wasn't the only one um, in my defense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was in line with you. No, I wasn't. I talked to you later. I was. Yeah, we talk, didn't we talk? I was talking to somebody in line. I don't think it was me. I we were later. talking about that, and I, and I gave the old proverbial: "Ah, bases are juiced. We have nobody out, so <laughs> go figure. We're gonna hit. We're gonna hit a yeah. grand slam here, or we're gonna hit into a double play." And Usually, the turned latter. out to be a grand slam. Yeah. yeah Did we cool. win? Did we win? I didn't even check. Yes. Yes. We held on one five to four. I mean. Yeah, that grand I slam bet. was huge. They were down what three nothing when that three happened. Nil, yeah, took the lead just like that, as they say. <laughs> that's, that's why that game's so exciting. 
<clears throat> yeah, good time. Great time. We have photographic evidence that Casey and I were there in person together. So that's pretty cool. What? Well, yeah, we got to put that up something. on our social. Yeah. Uh, we can Photoshop you in, Jeremy. My skills aren't good, but I can make something work. Do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah. I got some ideas. Yeah. For Facebook Talk. friends, I'll pull some pics off the five you have online. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Um, so. Hey, man, I'm with you. I'm not a big. I'm not a big online being. You know, I'm just. Mm-hmm. You established that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Keep it close to the chest. So yeah, just what no, it was good. A good game. Good uh, little dueling pianos festivity at night. Stayed out way too late. Whoa! Called it. Should have yeah. called it. <laughs> how uh? How long did I you end up? I went to bed about eleven, and Nick mm. wanted to keep going at that point. Two in the morning. Uh, we we swung by the lobby bar, and too many familiar faces. It was like cheers. <laughs> not a segue. That not a segue. That is 2000. not in the 21st century. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, way too late. Yeah. yeah. That's just my answer. Oh, well, you only you only celebrate a 32nd anniversary one yeah. time. Company you know? only turns 32 once. That's, mm-hmm. that's true. Enjoy it. So true. Yeah, it was uh it was fun though. It was a cool event. And, and I would say had a blast. Um just to get to see everybody in person it's the first time in a long time, do stuff like that. But yeah. You know, it was like a cool moment for me and especially just a uh, kind of very motivating, I would say. Um, oh, was, go, yes, go. Yeah, go, at, at one go. point <laughs> they had the, <laughs> the two founders of our company um, come up on stage and they, people just filled out questions and asked questions and they just fired off questions to these two guys that really created this thing from nothing 32 years ago. I mean, obviously we all know the story, but the listeners don't. Um, to just start out with for two young punks out of school and start a company and then, uh, you know, to grow it, you could just see like, I don't know, you know, it's like uh, parents watching their kids grow up. Like these guys are just on stage and uh, have people just be a part of it, be a part of a family. Like that was such a cool yeah. moment. You know, I was like, that yeah. has to be just an awesome feeling to just stare out at. I think there was about 390 folks there, maybe a little yep. more. <clears throat> that was a um, number, yeah. What was the uh, doling? Was twenty the twenty fifth the steamboat? Yes, that was a steamboat. And uh, you you bring this up. The where I'm going with this, Casey, is like very very similar. Uh, we we got up on these like three or four big coach buses, and we're going to this you know this uh, steam powered boat on the river. And uh, I sat across from Wade and Cindy, and I looked at Wade and I said. Like, yeah, I don't even think he knew who I was. Uh, and I, I go, do you ever think 25 years ago, like, you'd be loading three coach buses full of people? He's like, no freaking way. <laughs> you know, that's not yeah. a direct quote. But he's just like, he's like, Seems like no it way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> he's like, he's just like, no way. Not ever in my wildest dreams. And you know, like, like, you talk about, like, motivating yeah. holy smokes yeah we're just yeah. like yeah me and my buddy we walked in and we thought we could do better and we told them we could and now we're here holy yeah cow. yeah i mean it's like so many other stories you hear in like leadership and entrepreneurship where people were asked that question like number like, it's usually two questions did you ever envision it was going to be this big and usually like, no never no. you know never start off that way no. and then the second one like did you have any clue how much work it was going to be to get there? They're like, nope. no, because if you'd have told me that up front, I would have quit, right? I would have never <laughs> chased it. 
Yeah. You know, but it all happens so gradually and organically. You know, I said that after keep... PT school. <laughs> if I had only known. If I knew it was this much hard. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. But, but yeah, to sit up there and I don't know, soak it all in and to think of, yeah, all that stuff. Cause I'm sure there was lean times. I'm sure there was times it sucked. I mean, you know, they had mentioned, you know, letting partners go when things just weren't working yeah. out, you know, like some major decisions that were probably pretty hard to deal with. Um, heartache. They told some cool stories about therapists in the company that had hard times and being part of that family and yeah. how powerful that was. Like it was just cool. And then for me to sit at my table and look at all my staff, you know, later when we're drinking and doing pianos and like, I don't know, just to see that little small group of people like having a blast and being a part of something that, you know, I've been a part of and helped grow and given them that opportunity even, you know, that was cool. That's cool. You know, cause sometimes you sit there and you think about like, hate to say this, you know, this is expensive and you know, this is a lot of money, but then you sit and look and I don't know, it's all worth it. Like, Mm-hmm. Probably, probably wouldn't want to do that every year but um no <laughs> but it's cool like uh, that's a moment you don't get unless you sit and do something like that and really plan it out and i don't know that mm-hmm. was worth that was worth whatever it cost me we'll see i guess <laughs> play the long game right doling long game play the long game play the long <clears throat> game so yeah so, so cool that was very so fun cool. so yeah for any young Did therapist you guys- listening that man that was a cool moment how many how many people do you have come up, Case? Um, let's see, we had half the clinic, so we probably awesome. had yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of us. Seven of us. Just about everybody, didn't you? Um, I didn't see, awesome. see Mike. Yeah, Mike and Jody Mike, weren't there. And then like Connie, her new therapist. So and oh, okay. Bailey our OT. So yeah. Oh, I suppose when you have that. Yeah. But all our but TSRs know, were there and Matt was there. Yep. That's, That's cool. cool. Yeah, it was. That's really it was cool. cool. Like, and especially because I would say when I hopped on board, you know, there was, I, I believe there was a time where our clinic would have had zero people attend that, you know, just mm-hmm. there, there was a, a little bit of a culture battle when we first joined on and uh, I feel like it swung and that's a, that's a good feeling too. Like just yeah. being part of the team and uh, I think people Nick, know they'll have to answer to the quarter zip if they didn't. Yeah, up. right. They'll have to answer to that quarter zip. Well, and I think just people <laughs> people buying in and being part of the deal and realizing, like, you know, our company, nobody, we care the most, but our company sure cares too. Like, our company is not just there to, you know, see us fail. They they really want us to succeed too. And I think that buy in has been huge. At least I would feel like for the last year, or two years. Yeah. Um, at our clinic and this was just one of those culminations of the event combined with some of the numbers and stats that we've seen grow lately too has been you know just cool all together combination of everything so I, I was gonna say too i mean like you guys are like you know uh you guys are a little bit more on the periphery of like our region too and yeah, not and quite and as I'm far like, away as you are but not as far as we are but like same thing though that's a little bit of a haul and like I, I got to imagine like that's a cool thing too. Cause like we talk about all the time, how you can kind of bang the drum on different issues and, and it's like good to hear those things from a different voice. Right. And especially hear that from the founders of our company and like, Hey, this is what we went through. This is what we've been through. This is where we're at. You know, this is where we're trying to go. Like, I don't know. I'm with you. No matter what the out of pocket cost is like, I don't know. Sounds like sounds 
pretty dang valuable, you know? Yeah. So, Plus they had a cool. Mac and cheese bar, which is sweet. I've never partaken in one of those. <laughs> so it was fries were fries were if good. I could turn back time. I did not <laughs> see I, I got a slight <clears throat> we were going on this one for a little bit, but I'd love to say I could echo everything you're saying, Case, but one of the one of the issues we had in our group was the acoustics in that room were not really strong. So mm. where we were sitting, no one even knows could, that word but you. We could, we were sitting there and just kept looking at each other, like, "Do you catch what they said? Did you catch what they said?" And it was very no, hard to understand bad. in the Q and A thing. Uh, yeah. So that we, was that was we were the nerds we were the in last, the room. We were the last ones to to eat, so we had no cheeseburgers left. Mm. Oh man, a little sour. Yeah, it wasn't worth the money you spend. I get it. um, Was it the acoustics or the Terramana? I did not have Terramana that night. You did a lot of captain. (laughs) (laughs) But it was the acoustics. No, it was the acoustics. (laughs) The acoustics were. We were trying. We were trying. Wayne, I was sitting by Wayne and Lisa Hennon. We were trying to catch what they were saying, and they were like, "I don't know." Do they like every now and again? That's a good name drop. Do they like yeah, Apollo? Probably not. Probably not. Oh, I <laughs> blatantly asked Wayne, and he said, "We're gonna no, have so to push him. We're gonna have to take, push him. Take it back." <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll get a couple of his kids to, to listen. <laughs> Keep get them growing. Back. Get Keep them growing. Therapy. <laughs> Speaking of shoutouts, we did have a request for this episode that I we got to spend a little bit of time. What? Somebody wants to know, Ashley. Holmes wants to know about uh, Stranger Things. Like she yes. wants our take. She wants. We're halfway yeah. through the season. I think we've all watched it. You got Volume One done, right? Correct, all the okay. way through. So, so it's you don't have to worry about. It. I was done in like before the week was done. Yeah. Yeah, I took a little bit of time. I took a little bit of time. I watched some episodes again. Just I probably should rewatch it. Deep, deep. Where should we start? So uh, I'll let you take it away, Nick. I'm not like a. I feel like you're you, much more in depth when you watch stuff, and you're like, "Ooh, this is episode things, six. This and you're happened. like putting it together. I, yeah, you. I feel like you're always trying to figure out the end. Where I'm just a little bit. Yeah, I'm just a little bit ride. When I, and I don't know if I've ever been as like drawn into maybe the story and the mythos of a show. Ooh. I mean, mm. maybe, okay, continue. Maybe, continue. maybe another example, but <laughs> where I am really, you know, I'm not that guy throughout the whole show, like tapping Michelle and being like, oh, this is what I'm <laughs> But <clears throat> it does keep your mind working all the time. There's a lot Agreed. of mysteries there. And now, are you the I, kind of guy that like has to go on blogs after the episodes and be like, oh, what do you guys think? And you're nah, looking and you're like trying nah, to read I'll, online. Every now and again, I'll go on. The furthest I go on that will be like an IMDb review. Okay. Just see, okay, and and I sometimes just looking at the average score on those episodes. Like I knew I was getting something sweet with episodes four and seven. Like even before that, so um, couldn't even tell you they, which ones they were. That was a great. Like the whole half of the season is so good. Yeah, yeah, so, but there there are some episodes so, that are stronger than others, and and you're kind of like. Yeah, I don't know. Like the the first ones now, they've established this kind of trend in the last couple of seasons where I think episodes one and two, they really want to. This is what one of the people call this a negative. I barely, you know, diss them for this, but but they they really mind nostalgia. Yeah, you know, and I think that's I think they go heavy in the first episode. It's like the first episode or two, but then after that, they don't they don't lay it on so thick, right? It's not constantly using 
like you go back to episode one season one and then same thing here like there's just this quick montage and cutaways like what everybody's up to right they're kind of getting caught up on what everybody's doing and there's always like a different song and there's like yeah and they're they're like blasting (laughs) in your head like this is 1986 right and um but beyond that the rest of the show the story so good it draws you right in it probably the best villain they've had obviously uh i think much has been made about Vecna being sentient right like he can he can have dialogue right and that made him you know an extra wrinkle was scary so huge huge fan um i think um very few criticisms and even the ones i have are like really weak you know they're like little nitpicky things so yeah, I can't say I had a whole lot of negative. I, I thought it was all solid. I, and I'm kind of like you. I like uh, I like the beginning. I like the nostalgia. And that's like the, the Spielberg thing, right? Like you got to mm-hmm. set up the scene, even though it's like, yeah, I know these people. I know where they are. I know what they yeah. are. Like you don't have to set the scene every season. I, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. It's like it, giant movies, right? It's like four giant movies that are all right. related. So um, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it, too. Uh, and I always forget. It's been two years. Like I need to, all those need episodes. All those episodes are like what 45, 47 minutes long, and They're, there's some that are every, longer. Every one of them is over sixty. Is it really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me more disappointed in myself that I watched them all so fast. That, um, that seventh one was like an hour and forty minutes. That's yeah. wild. Every episode it took me at least two it, nights to watch. Wait, it I, I like can't. That. It didn't feel like it at all. No, it didn't feel. I kept. I kept maybe waiting for it to be a little draggy a little bloated like one of my criticisms for the the netflix based uh, marvel shows was that 13 episodes for that that were like, at least very long you like, oh. like you're kind of dragging it on but <clears> with <throat> this you don't there's so much going on i never had that feeling yeah yeah in some ways that you like i kind of wish there was more like because there is some criticism that a lot of the main characters didn't get really much time at all, right? Yeah, in the first yeah. seven episodes. I mean, you had yep. some major characters that you really don't even hear much from. Yep. Real you guys, How long did it take you guys to put it together? Like the kind of like the circle? Well, like I said, I this the moment that the orderly shows up, and you know, some people like these credit is like Peter Ballard, you know? Yeah. Um, you're like he's big, he's a big piece of it. I'm like, like as soon as he right shows away. up, he's like, oh, I'm like, this dude is a bad guy. Like yeah. he, we've never seen him before. Yeah. They're making a point to like show you this guy. He's connecting yeah. with eleven. Yeah. And I'm like, there's just something about him. And then by like whatever, <laughs> but within like an episode or two, I'm like, yeah, I'm he's pretty one. sure he's number one. Spoilers, yeah. and, everybody. Uh, I- there are going to be spoilers are bound, I'm guessing, on this sorry. talk. If you haven't jumped all over it by now, sorry, losers. One. <laughs> hey, two weeks and, and part and then I, out. I guess I kind of figured, I guess I kind of figured he was Vecna, too. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I didn't put but, that together. I thought but, he was one, but I did not put together that he was the kid. Uh, but I was, kept. It's good. I, I kept trying to figure it in my head though. I'm like, what could, okay, what mechanism are they going to use to have him play a role in that, those deaths in the fifties, you know? And that was mm-hmm. kept, that was the mystery to me. I'm like, how are they going to do that? Are they going to say like, cause interdimensional travel creates like time space continuum shifts and stuff like that. Are they able to jump back? Something. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a clock. I mean, maybe that has to do with time travel, right? Whatever. But, but then yeah. when they showed he was, he was the kid, he was Henry Creel. I'm like, dang I'm like that's awesome that's brilliant 
and um, really well written. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, so I, good. I love the atmosphere. Uh, I, I thought, yeah, every part was cool. I, you know, the going into the upside down, um, that storyline was kind of fun to see them there running around and like actually being active in that world and interacting yeah. with it was kind and of escaping. cool. Yeah. And escaping. You know, mostly. I love that. Well, I love that music was part of it too. Like, yeah. that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. Part of Isn't that insane that like that Kate Bush song? Like, yeah. cranked up to number one on like iTunes. I think it was there for <laughs> a long time. Yeah. I mean, that's. And, and yeah. it sucks. You don't like it? No. I'm okay with it, but. I'm not I'm paying like, for it. <laughs> it's no, definitely not yeah. worth the investment. They're not paying yeah. for it. <laughs> but the way they used it in that scene to like save Max, I mean, that. That you talk about, I, I dropped this a couple weeks ago. That scene was like a climax to a movie. You know, that's a yeah. that's a moment in theater that people, you know you see the MCU and people are gonna like clap their hands, you know, and they're gonna like cheer. That, if it was MCU though, they'd probably be crying like they're that. Maybe, <laughs> they'd, yeah. Yeah. When people clap in a movie, I want to get up and leave. That's one of Me? my oh. least favorite oh, moments come of all on, time. You fuddy duddy. That's Nobody that made person. that movie. <laughs> Now, I, I'll, I'll be honest i've never done that but there was some point in like now i know we're getting off top a little bit but like an end game and a couple of those moments in avengers Endgame where like cap finally like uh, meal near and people clap you're like okay that's pretty cool like it's part of that shared i guess shared response shared interaction mm, i'm I not totally it. a hater can't stand now, it. if you show up i don't like show up to a star wars movie dressed like a stormtrooper that might be something else too I, I will allow that based on theatrics alone. I wouldn't. But do you won't allow somebody to clap. Ridiculous! Nope. This is not live. This is not Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> they're also not acting in the damn movie. <laughs> I mean, you I can't defend that. You can't. You, I mean, you can't defend somebody show up. Potato, potato. <laughs> now, if you show up at like the two o'clock matinee dressed as a stormtrooper by yourself. Yeah, I I would judge that a little bit, but if you show up to a midnight showing or a opening day showing dressed up, I'm okay with that. Oh, See, I almost, I almost respect the by yourself at a two o'clock matinee more than. A <laughs> <laughs> I respect it, but I'm also gonna judge it. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Now, yeah, I don't blame anybody for a visceral, visceral reaction. I was gonna say, I the, co- you... the costume's really well thought out. You fist pumped many times in a movie, Nick. No, I, like I said, I've never no. really been one to clap or cheer, or do anything like that with a film because it's all, you're a normal human being. It would be like the same. It'd be yeah, oh, I strange, but but you know, it's all like um, you know, it's a screenplay. It's fiction. It's all played out, right? Not like a sport. Fake. Why would you clap? <laughs> yeah. But why? So why would you dress up? I mean, because it's fake. Like, it's fiction. So I, I gotta go. I gotta go here though. You guys like kind of painted Stranger Things into a like scary movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's what they said. They was there said a scary? Was it a? Was there a? Like, what was the scariest point for you in that? Because me as a self-proclaimed, yeah, not cat. scary, like not scary movie person is how I would frame it. So but, I, uh, I, I was, <laughs> I was reading, like, I know how they said it was going to be, there was going to be horror elements to it this season. I didn't and think there was. Drawing from, well, you could see a ton of where they mind, especially Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I was going to say, like, the, the Vecna dream sequences. Yeah. You know, are that's very like ripped, Freddy, yeah. right? 
Yeah, a little less kooky, but yeah. 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 So maybe it's kooky. He didn't and turn I like anybody he into didn't, a living video game. But like Vecna wasn't a goofball either. He's not mm-hmm. like throwing a little one-liner in before he kills the kid. Mm-hmm. He's just like spooky. Yeah. So I, I think okay, I'll see the end of the first two episodes when he kills the when he gets Chrissy and then when he gets Fred. Both those scenes I thought were really well done. Yeah. Um and they, I they, didn't they think they, they were scary. Well, I mean, and I don't, not to like where you're closing your eyes or looking away, but like, yeah. like I, you know, for the minutes leading up to it, I had like just goosebumps going on okay. and especially even more the second time around because they've established, I, I mean, by the se- in the second episode, you're like, all right, sorry, Fred, you're dead. Like Chrissy didn't make it. You're not making it. Yeah, but, sure. they, but they, all, but they all, but they all died. They all die the same way. It's the same sequence for everybody. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's like. Yeah, no, it was less. Um, nailed I don't it. know. Like, it was less not, I wouldn't want to die that way. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> bad way to go, dude. <laughs> but oh, okay, now we'll say this by the. But I don't want to do sec- that. I think it got. I think. I think it got diminishing returns by the time Patrick got it in like episode five. Which one was that, Fred? Was Fred was, was the Pat- kid with the glasses. The the, kind of the nerdy other kid, newspaper kid. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. But, but by the time I think Patrick's had too much CGI too, because he's lifted out of the water, yeah. and and that you know I remember watching that and it kind of took me out of it. And, and you, by that point too, you're like he's dead. I mean yeah. it. But now if but <clears> some <throat> of that, if they were to kill off a major character, that could be a different story. Yeah, and I would say some of that like diminishing return, kind of built up when Max was getting you know right. you're like oh god she's dead like how there's there's no way she's gonna get out of this like it seemed pretty Got hopeless. It. So you're so plot, I think it, she had plot armor. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what like, they say. Yeah. Um, so it did create this moment where you're like, wow, are they actually gonna kill her? Because I feel like she's no. so far the best actor in the season. Like she's uh, pretty good. She's, yeah, she's killing it. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know. I had like I had that's what made that one to me, I respected it even more because I guess I had zero doubt that she was gonna live. But they made really? me care. Yeah, they made me care. And and by yeah. the time she got, but I was so interested in like how they're going to do it, how are they how are they how are they finally going to break the spell, and I thought that was great. Yeah, they, they did go back and forth for a while where they're like from the psych hospital to them and on the high powered freaking walkie yeah. talkie yeah. where they're just like, come in, come in. I can oh, I say my one music. Can I say my one criticism? Yeah. on this so my really my only one is the the massive tone shift and i think it's like episode six where they cut away to Susie's house in utah yeah and it's it's totally played it's a let me up moment i get it you know it's they kind of did the same thing at the end of season three but it just i they were hitting on every cylinder and they didn't yeah. You know, they could have, I think they could have kept it a little bit more straightforward, but they brought in this funky, kooky Mormon family um, with all these kids and they're just wild rambunctious and this really stern dad, you know, yeah, you know, it, it was a let me How up. How do you know they were Mormon? But there was, well, they kind of established that, right? Did they? Yeah. They just said they were religious. Religious, but they got all those kids, right? I'm figuring it's Mormon. And, and, and it's Utah. And it's Utah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's my Nick's assumption. always putting the pieces together, man. Yeah, but I think they they, they have so much, and they have so much going on. As I said, like 
sticking they're, up they're to building, this room with the arm. At that point, I think they're really they're heavily cutting into. Um, they were heavily cutting into obviously Eleven's backstory, there, which had awesome momentum, right? And you're yeah. just unraveling that. And they had you know Hopper in Russia, and you're finally like moving towards that Demogorgon battle, and which um, was ballroom too. That was yeah, that was a good scene. Yeah, too. and all these things were great, right? And then the, these this awesome showdown in Hawkins, they're unraveling that mystery a little bit more and a little bit more, and then it's like. I almost feel bad for that group of actors. I'm sure they're going to have really good stuff to work with in volume two, but really like, you know, Jonathan, Will, Mike, and now Argyle. It's just like, they're, they're like the slapstick kind of piece of it after yeah. like, getting away. Yeah. Yeah. Will's always, Will's always kind of gotten the short end of the stick on the show. right? Yeah. I really <laughs> hope they give him some meaty stuff in this volume two, because he's, I still think he has some weird connection to the upside down after being in there. They've kind of established that and his goosebumps, whatever. Yeah. You know, the mind flavor was around and stuff. So, yeah. And I could nerd out for like three right. hours on this. Have stuff, to do, that was something, good, man. do something with his hair, though. That drives me yeah. insane. Poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Every I don't remember anybody uh, having quite that ridiculous of uh, looking hair growing up. Just but. bowl cut year after year. Yeah. Especially because he seems like he's like the oldest looking one now too, and he's got the most ridiculous youngest looking haircut. They got it. They got to wrap this thing up though soon because more time jump. Maybe that's the wise thing to do by season five. I don't know. But they're not yeah. kids anymore. Yeah, yeah in the nineties. And this is like nine hundred two one zero all over again. I mean, yeah. I think I think Joe Curie plays Steve. He's 30 or 31. 30-something, yeah. Like Natalia Dwyer playing Nancy, who, who Nancy's supposed to still be in high school. I, for some reason, I thought she was out of high school. I thought she yeah, was too, but she yeah, still is. she's still there. She's like 28 or 29. And yeah. it's just time to, you know, and, and not know. let it not let it die a slow, painful death. Like, let it go on. Let it go but on next season's Sorry. officially the last season, though, right? Yeah. It's time to time warp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're gonna adventure this thing and just say time. five years from now. Oh, snap. <laughs> Finger snap, huh? Yeah. Five uh, years later. No, so excited for uh the second part though. Holy smokes. Like yeah. uh I yeah, I I didn't feel like any of it was scary. Like you guys might think that's wild coming from me. There's definitely some thriller moments for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh no, like I'm gonna hang you upside down, naked, and cut you in half. Type mm, well, no, that was, there's very few things. <clears throat> yeah, there was, yeah, to reach that level, and that's not probably creepy. the creepiest. That's, that's gross. Probably <laughs> the creepiest stuff for me was when they were back in the house. Like that stuff, eh, maybe a little creepy. Old house okay. lights flickering on and off. Eh, mm-hmm. Probably more creepy than anything for me. But it was good. You're you're more of a ghost creep guy than a monster creep guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Um, yeah, the rest of it, it wasn't, yeah, it didn't seem like scary or creepy to me. I don't know. Okay. So, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. You've been spending more time with us, anyways. Two thumbs up. Oh, <laughs> two thumbs up. We got to get some sort of rating system for when we do, like, when we do stuff. So, like, you can be like, you know, like, does it really get our stamp of approval from the whole group or not? You know, oh, no, yeah, just use yeah. a modified well, we Ashworth scale. That's we four. Have like a three, three band group. So <laughs> if we did the thumbs Six up, thumbs there's, up. There's, it's never, it's always going to be an odd number, you know? 
Yeah. And not what? Hey, you know what I mean? It could be, a, sorry, not a but I mean, there's, there's going to be a tiebreaker if we ever had a tie, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a clean sweep. I didn't know if someone lost a thumb in the last episode. Like, it's always going to be so. odds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a long weekend, Jeremy. Yeah, you guys yeah, have a lot of fun, so I don't know. Yeah, we didn't do any zip lining, so for those on YouTube, you can see all my fingers. <laughs> Kept them all. Uh, That's yeah. smart. But Scary. Nick at the bar at one in the morning with playing the knife game around his fingers, though, that's a little mm. more dangerous. Yeah, me and Neil Feist, maybe. <laughs> yeah. He bellied up way too long. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Almost the smartest taking on students. Almost. Wow. That's too simple to say. I liked it. I liked it. Moving on, (laughs) moving on to today's today's topic. Uh, uh, Taking on interns, PT students. Uh, And I think I'll uh, I'll let you start, Nick. Kind of roll with, uh, probably start with kind of those initial challenges when you start taking on a student and how you work your way through those and how that's changed maybe as you've gotten better at being a CI. No, well, I haven't missed CI in a long time. Um, <clears throat> I'll get to that as part of my breakdown, but maybe oh. some distinction to lay out here for our, our listening audience would be Perfect. like as we talk, it interns more in the vein of like whether it's high school or undergraduate interns that are, you know, maybe doing that for some credits and get some exposure into the world of physical therapy versus PT students that are out there, um, you know, as part of their, their final internship rotations, clinical rotations, as they're formally referred to. Yep. They have a little bit more experience, a lot more acumen um, when it comes to like the, the patient care piece and more interaction, more involvement. So kind of making the distinction there. And then even one more down the road or like um, uh, fully licensed therapists going through like residency program that are doing like a mentorship piece, which are, we're trying to grow and develop even further throughout the company. There already is. But um, yeah, so, I mean, if you go back, make the challenges I wrote down very few really if you're if you're a confident enough clinician very few and I like the way that from as long as I've been with Big Stone we we don't take on students we don't allow people to take on them until you're at least a year in practice you know so you can get a little more confidence you can get some familiarity with patient care and get some of that under your feet but I think you know there are some challenges if you take a really super green um super green student who um, has some social awkwardness. I mean, that can be another challenge is, is broaching some of these issues that you have with patients where perhaps this person's not uh, creating the most comfortable environment. They're not allowing uh, care to proceed, you know, in a kind of your normalized way. And there's a lot, I mean, that's a spectrum and it's broad and wide, I think as far as what that could constitute. Sometimes it's, you know, people who talk too much, don't talk at all. Um, people who just say the wrong thing habitually, you know? So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, those, those are obviously the challenges that I see that I've experienced. Um, I'm not afraid to address them, never really have been. Um, I know I had one, I had a couple awkward moments with my very first student who was actually a third year, um, if I'm recalling right. And she just, she had a lot of insecurities to begin with. And uh, I found myself quizzing her from time to time. And, you know, 
I wasn't sure what to expect. I remember I got quizzed a lot when I was doing my rotations, so I thought that was pretty normal. Um, so I, you know, was an algorithm together for me. <laughs> right? Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. yeah up a decision a tree. That, that would be a different one when we really go back in time and live, like the challenging rotations we're on. Um, that's You're cool like, quizzing is not so bad. Yeah, that's cool. Way worse. That. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty inside, but. Um, I, so this one stubborn student had a tendency to kind of like, <clears throat> I don't know, make excuses or try to rationalize why they got it wrong. Like, and, every, and I actually got away from doing it in front of patients too, because I didn't want to create like an awkward or uncomfortable environment and put them in a weird situation either. So we just do it like after a patient and um, she just get kind of feisty. And I'm like, mm, <clears throat> maybe, you know, and, and you're not always sure how you're processing it. Maybe, maybe I need thicker skin, who knows, right? But um, that was one where um, I just got, I got, I was ready for her to be done. I think that's just the best way to put it. Like it was, it was probably the only student I ever took that was more of a challenge, more of a burden. And it comes time because as, as I like to think that I'm pretty serious and pretty straightforward. And I'm, at the end of the day, when you're doing the CPI, I'm still kind of a soft hearted guy. And I'll rationalize poor performance. And I'll kind of give the benefit of the doubt and write some positive comments and all that stuff. So, you know, where maybe maybe the best thing to do would have been to give some tough love. But those are, I guess, starting with initial challenges. Those are the ones that came to my mind. I don't know about you fellas. Do you ever have to like get a clinical education person involved with the student? Because they weren't meeting no. performance. Oh, 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 oh. I'm um, guessing you have. I've been very lucky. I've never had to do that either. Um, but I just think, like, I, I'm sure I will eventually at some point. You know, I, I did have to like send a observation student home once. Just they weren't engaged, and I said, "That's I'm not going to waste my time, your my patient's time, your time. You just go home. You know, if you can change your attitude, you can come back tomorrow." Um, a freaking weirdo we should have sent home should have sent back to his school but he ended up quitting anyways I guess as soon as he was done with our rotation he dropped out was that PTA fella? yeah it was yeah. <laughs> let's not name drop that yeah. I don't know who it was that was before my time it's not really but, fair to but I had name that, drop that but that was not good I had, I had to uh, when we were like when I was in Marshall I had to uh, pull a guy out of the room. He was an observation student too. I remember and that, yeah. he was just like arguing over twins baseball, like with this person. And <laughs> and I like in a like I don't know if you'd call it demonstrative way. Like I mean it's like very rude. Like and I I was like, Hey, I will be right back in. And like I think we're actually doing some manual to like an upper trap or something. Like I don't know. Person was like face out face down. I'm like I pulled the kid out of the room. I'm like, I don't care if you love the twins, you hate the twins. If they don't, shut up. I'm like, we're not here to argue. Like this person is paying to be here. Shut your face. Like, if yeah. you can't, if you can't figure out like a better way to do this. Well, that you're speaking to that whole spectrum that I was talking about. Now, <clears throat> like I, when I said it's wide, it's, it's yeah, odd, right? Because yeah. I mean, there's the biggest, the biggest thing that not like you don't know until you have them out for a while is what's their level of social awareness 
Like, do yeah. they know the difference between playful banter? Because you could do that, right? We've yeah, done correct. that. Correct. <clears throat> we, every Packer fan that I end up working with, I think we have amazing reports because we just we just pile it on each other, right? Yeah, and but, then when they and then when they win, they come in in their scarves and their hats, and they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's great, <laughs> right?" But like, no, tell them all also, how far things are from Green Bay. Yeah, they love that. yeah. Know when to re- know how to read an audience, though, and if it's not. If it's not playful anymore, or they're they're over it. You know, it's not time to keep freaking lacing it in. I think the same thing goes for like people who get even even experienced clinicians who hang their hats so much on small talk. Yeah, like I'm just gonna keep talking about the weather and turn this into a 30 minute talk on the weather. It's yeah. like, did you bore? And if nah. the patient just checks out, they're like, they don't care anymore, dude. Yeah, yeah. they're not engaged. And I'm telling you, I mean, like we've talked about this ad nauseum, Nick, but I'm like, man, we've, I've had discussions on politics, religion, everything under the sun that people tell you not to talk about yep. in the clinic. Yeah. I will talk about it all, but I also know that person that I can talk about it with and the person yep. that I should completely deflect to, to the weather. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's just, yeah. Being able like in God dang, the more I do this, like, the more I realize, like that is, you know, a, a tough taught skill, the ability to read, read the room. And like, I, I feel like a lot of people have it or they don't. And it's just, mm-hmm. I think you're right. Teach. I think it can be, I think it can be coached up to a point. It can but, be. Yep. But some people are blessed with just really, really great skills that way. And I say uh, this, I'm like, gamut for sure. And I, I, I look at it and I'm like, God dang, like, 9.9 times out of 10, I would much rather have the less skilled clinician that can do that and can read people and can, you know, interact with people than the yeah. person that's on top of every research, every technique that is just a robot, you know, and, uh, and I've had both, mm-hmm. I've had both. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I would say like, to me is the challenge is like, I think a lot of people like it at least on the student level, like most people are fairly like skilled, I'd say like, and have the didactic knowledge, but it's like, uh, you know, how, how independent I'm going to let them be is a lot of time dictated on their people skills, you know, and right, the soft skills yeah. are the hard, they're the hard see, skills. I almost think I, I, and maybe I default too easily with safety, but like, you know, safety is obviously a, a we talked about this before way back. We talked about injuries and stuff at work and stuff. Um, I think we, I think we run a pretty safe practice. You know, I think PT in general is fairly safe. So get, once you get beyond that stuff, you're right. I think you got to be able to really trust them with the patient and they can make some progressions. Think and think critically, like, right. Don't just, you're not just following through on the same thing over and over. So Casey, you take on, I just want to ask this. You take on about as many students or more than anybody I know. Uh, yeah, so I guess what, in what are my the challenges time, you, you I, I'm right, I've probably had 30-some students, I suppose, and, um, right around there, you, I think, last time I counted. In your career? Yeah. Not, how, not long, this year, how long Jeremy. have you been in? 11 years? 12 years, yeah. 12 years, so, okay. Yeah, I take uh, four to five a year now, pretty much, pretty consistent. Ooh. So, um, yeah, I, I love it, though. Yeah, I think uh, initial challenges for me are – um, trying to balance your time with their experience too, to say, you know, yeah. I want you to see me work with yeah. these patients. I want you to work with patients yourself and I want you to do paperwork and try to get it all done. You know, 
in our allotted 80% productivity, you know, timeframe. And that's tough because it takes them long time to do things. And, you know, they're learning the system and it's asking a lot, um, you know, and I don't want to say, all right, you see a patient, take the next hour, write the note while I see somebody. Cause sometimes there's just good things to see and you want them to see as much as they can while they're there. And, yeah. and it does vary whether it's their first one, second one, third one, fourth one. Yeah. So you do, you do have to remind yourself, all right, this is their first one. Like, let's give them the safe things, the easy things, really let them get comfortable versus this is the fourth one. So I do expect you to do all this stuff. Um, but how do you, you know, tackle that? How do you, like, how do you personally tackle that? And again, I know it's a spectrum, but like typically, yeah, it's, like, you know, how I do you think, balance that? Uh, you know, and, and the truth of the matter is, you know, sometimes it's staying after work to go over their notes or come in early to go over their notes just to give them that opportunity. You know, that's the sacrifice I think I'm willing to make when I take students. Yeah. Um, and and then you make up the time, you know, you have a counselor or something and then you actually have time to sit through and go through that stuff and really hammer it out with students. And because um, I'm not a big double upper, I, I guess I, I typically like to be with my students one on one. I <laughs> Unless it's a situation where somebody shows up, needs to be seen, it's legal, the insurance is okay with it, um, mm-hmm. you know, then I'll do it. Um, but typically, I don't double book, so that does I give thought, me some. <laughs> I thought you had them treating, and you're just like, all right, this week's intro, let's go. Yeah, all right, three three hour block. <laughs> you know, and I, and I do walk away. You know, I don't. You know, as long as again, it's an insurance that lets the patients treat. Um, yeah. You know, I do try to walk away to give them some of that autonomy because I, I can tell yeah, when I start. What, as much as anything, right? Yeah. That's huge. That's yeah. huge. And I when I start doing that with students, you know, end of that first week, beginning of that second week, you see a big shift in their demeanor and their comfort level, too, when you walk out for a few minutes and you go, go grab mm-hmm. a drink yep. of water, a cup of coffee and come back. Like they just they feel better. I think it <laughs> takes some of that like, oh, I'm going to mess up all the time and he's constantly watching me. So, yeah. Um, it's huge. That, that a huge psychological shift. And, and I, I think, you know, the... just communicating with them. Some students I do have to say, all right, you're going to see 75% of the patients and the other 25% of the time you're going to do your paperwork because it does have to get done. It can't. Then are they forever. entry level? Do you give them entry level? No, uh, I wouldn't then okay. at that point. I mean, right. but again, that's, again, if it's your fourth one, that is the expectation is I, I, see, I, I, almost had it. I think with everyone I had, I, I gave them at least a taste at some point, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, Hey, you got to run. You got to have a full day, at least one day. And even that's not the whole deal. Like they're not doing no. service. They're not, you know, returning calls to physicians or returning calls from other patients. I mean, they're just, just going through a day. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's always tough. Cause like our setting is, I don't know, you know, kind of specialty too. So it's one of those deals where it's, some of those patients are probably beyond entry-level patients to begin with. So it, yeah. I do give them a little leeway that way, you know, cause I, and now as I, our practice has gotten bigger, I share the patients a little more or share the students more and say, mm-hmm. Hey, you, you need to go do geriatrics for a day or do ortho a couple hours a week, just so they can go there and just hammer out some total knees and feel really comfortable. It's a nice break and for them too. It's good to see a different thought process too, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause yeah. I'm sure you see that within your clinic too, that like people approach problems a slightly different way and that's good. And that's a good moment. Up. You know, if we can find time then, you know, whether it's at the end of the week or, you know, Fridays we kind of go over the week and we set our goals for the next week. So it's like, 
if I sent them with somebody, I go, hey, you know, what was the differences? You know, what do they do different than me? And, you know, I usually know how everybody. Why are they wrong? How many trigger points? How many trigger points did you see? Get how treated? are they better than me? And how are they wrong? Yeah. Give me, give me a reason to fire them. Use them as a spy. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> no, but so I think that's. Sometimes, yeah, letting the students go see other people too gives me time to catch up and get that, manage that a little bit. And and I think the other initial challenge that's a struggle for me is like letting your students struggle sometimes and not so much with the treatment part, because like you said, Nick, you, you got to be safe. But I love the the eval and the education and, uh, you know, doing an eval and then telling the patient, this is what I think's going on. This is what you need yeah. to do. This is what I can do for you. This is what you can do for yourself. You know, those classic questions. Uh, the watching that struggle uh, initially in my first couple of years was brutal. Like I just wanted to jump in, but now I'm now I'm confident enough in myself to go. You know, if this student totally butchers this thing, I can swing in and save it. That's no big deal. Like I, I don't think I'll lose the therapeutic alliance with most patients. <clears throat> There's a few that maybe come in with a ton of biopsychosocial stuff where I'm like, ah, the wrong message here could be really could be significantly bad. damning, yeah. but. For the most part, for most of the patients, it's like, oh, yeah, struggle through it. And I just sit and smile and smile. But that was a tough initiative. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. addressing those little things. Stare that... into my quarter zip. <laughs> yeah. Stare. I zip, I unzip <laughs> it just a little bit just to mess with them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like you guys said too, kind of addressing those mm. like social issues sometimes with students is hard because. How do you tell somebody like, dude, you like, you're terrible at talking to people or like, you're super annoying. Well, I think you're, you know, you're I think not likable well, at all. Yeah. You're not likable at all. <laughs> you well, know, how first, do you spin it? Yeah. And... We'll try to give them the benefit of the doubt and find out. I mean, for me, I'm thinking of like, so, so I have not taken a student in five years, five, Ooh. five and a half. Um, was that your last one? Matter, one? Was one that your other, last one? Who? Was that your last one? Five and a half years ago. Yeah. Damn. It was Lambert. Guest oh, the Landy, show. Landy, yeah, friend, friend of the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, big so, friend, big shout out. Saw him this weekend. Yeah, um, got a great haircut. But part of that was like Solid. I, you know, I wasn't seeing enough patient care. Like, and I wasn't, I was hand them off, right? If I had mm -hmm. management duties, management time, I hand them off to somebody else and give them that. Like what you're talking about, same thing, right? Yeah, go, and I'm right on that edge else. with what you're experiencing yeah. now, where I'm like, man, do I need to? either have a full-time therapist that I just share with, or, you know, maybe yeah. drop back just because there are, there are times where yeah. I'm in meetings for four hours, you know, just on and yeah. off throughout the day. Yeah. And you want to keep them, they, they need, they need that additional, I mean, they just need as much time around patients time. as they can get, yeah. you know? Time. Mm -hmm. So I think what helps though is, is maybe, maybe letting it be less about them, right? Find about the issue first, but what's the issue here? Is it just your two wings anxious around patients or mm -hmm. You know, Jeremy's instance was he's just way too, I don't know, aloof and lacking social awareness, right? That's yeah. a different issue. That's more personal thing. Yeah. But I remember like having a student who was completely crashing and burning with like 90% of those patient interactions because they were trying so damn hard to be perfect. And yeah. you just see it, they were just freezing and it sucked. It, so to your point, you I felt like I had to jump in towards the end of every session because, hey, I was calling in that practice too. And I, and mm. I don't want these people no showing, you know, or, or flaking out the rest of the way because they're concerned. Hey, I'm just going to be slapped a student that yeah, for can't sure. even talk. Right. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. yeah I love that social awareness. I've had some awesome moments. Like I said, I like to let people struggle. Um, I, I had one guy <laughs> loved it. You know, we use the, you know, uh, limping with your back. You never let your muscles relax. That's why I feel stiff all the time. You know, that move your, move your hand around and then make a fist and try to move your wrist and you know how much freer mm-hmm. the motion is if your hand is relaxed versus in a fist. Uh, and the student looks at the patient and, you know, he explains it and he's like, so I got, you got to quit fisting yourself. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm just sitting in the corner. <laughs> right. And then we, you know, uh, I, obviously you guys know me. Jeremy, I, that, we had moments like that. Like, I instantly had to say something, you know, he oh, keeps, he keeps going. She's, she's looking at me. I'm looking at her, like her boyfriend's in the room, looking at both of us. Like, did he just say that? And I'm like, we got it. We're going to stop the session. I, I called it. <laughs> yeah. I said, that's terminology <laughs> we can't use anymore. Um, you know, that was a good one. I remember uh, another student, we were in the gym and uh, I was working with a patient and there was another person in the gym that was a pretty, pretty regular there. She was uh, recovering from some longstanding illness. So just generally was in the gym every day on her own, working independently. And he was about... Uh, I suppose he was about six six, and this gal was about four eleven. Oh no! And we had one of these like uh, I don't know multi hip machines where they're on a pretty good yeah. platform, and so she was probably still a foot shorter than him on that thing, and they're talking. <clears throat> I don't know. She was like talking about being small, and she's like, "Yeah, you know, I just wish I was a little taller." And again, I'm working with the patient, and he looks down at her, and he goes. Well, I could give you a few inches if you want them. And I was like, mm. <laughs> that's in your head. I don't I know. Said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think he meant? It's out of context. Yeah. <laughs> out of context. Yeah. <laughs> oh, said, no. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> so we met in the <laughs> office and I said, that's a great conversation. Yeah, that made my day. That's those what she said. Tough, <laughs> those were the tough parts. Yeah, How about the rewarding awesome. stuff. Let's, let's talk hearing about your students say stuff. that stuff. <laughs> that is rewarding. Uh, yeah, that's I, what I live for. <laughs> yeah, that's one hundred percent. The bad stuff's the good stuff. No, I, you know, for me, I would say seeing your students succeed again. Thirty-some students over the course of twelve years. You know, I've got to see students. Well, obviously, all of them graduated. All of them become therapists. Um, and to see some become all managers. Yeah. Oh, all of man, them. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any that didn't. Like, oh. um, <laughs> we, need a, we do need a producer pretty soon to fact check these things. Yeah, yeah right? Oh, go ahead. I'll Old give you claims. a list. Um, we'll you know, dig up the dirt. These guys have, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the therapists, a really successful private practice out in Illinois. You know, another one running a woman's health program, a hospital out in Wisconsin, like just cool stuff, you know, just to see that um, they're taking students. Some of them have, you know, moved on and started teaching. Like, it's just cool just to be part of that. You know, I talk about, you know, in the company, seeing my, you know, my little clinics grow and succeed and be happy. But then I also have this like mm-hmm. wide net um, yeah. and it's still pretty cool too, you know, and you run into these people at uh, combined sections or, any other conference or, you know, it's just fun to see, and, yeah. you know, and I apologize for how terrible I was because me being a CI seven years ago is a lot different than me being a CI now. And it's crazy. The stuff I used to teach um, and you know how I've changed so much. And it's like, hey, sure. Yeah. You know, it's like, they probably think I'm a real dumb, dumb now, but yeah. But um, what, what, what clinician, I mean, like, right. It, what clinician would say that not 
let alone a CI, what you're teaching, like we should all be evolving. Like that's just part of the growth process. So like if anyone ever took like <laughs> any type of, ah, yeah, you were shitty. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like <laughs> you're like, everyone's, everyone's changing constantly. So yeah, I do believe my students would tell me right to my face. We're pretty open. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't uh, believe that. Uh, it's just like, you're always trying to be the best you can be. And that, that evolves from year to year. Right. Yeah, so, so that's one of my favorite parts. I think another really rewarding aspect um, is that challenging your thought process and making me challenge my 100%. own thought process, you know, because I try to do a really good job of explaining why I do things with my patients when I have students. And sometimes I don't always do that when I don't have students. I, I don't necessarily all the time with my patient go, this is why I'm doing this for this, for these reasons. Um, maybe I should. Um but, you know, you get in, you talk about the Packers instead of explaining why you're mobbing their shoulder before you take them through a range of motion. Um, but with the student, uh, you know, and then they the Packers suck, you know, and his <laughs> students will come back and, you know, like, hey, you know, why weren't you worried about, uh, you know, myelopathy with this patient or, you know, because some of that stuff it, we all know textbook versus clinic isn't always uh, one for one match. And, you know, you get. I wouldn't say sloppy, but, you know, there's certain things where you're like, no, like this person's clearly had these issues going on for a long time. It's not like it, it's not kind of coin stuff, you know, like um, but you have to justify that stuff. And sometimes they make good points. And, you know, <clears throat> students are really good about forcing you to go back to the basics, too. You know, and yeah. I think that's huge. So, yeah, that's um, you know, four or five times a year, I have to sit down and, you know, really justify everything I do. And that's good. You know, keeps yeah. you sharp. Keeps you does, sharp. Does keep you very sharp. And then the last part that's rewarding to um, um, aspect of taking students is just creating that you know hiring pool too. As you know, you get through in your career, and you have 20, 30 people you can give a call to if a job opens up somewhere, and you know, being able to help people through their career that way too is mm. pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are some of my favorite parts. And yeah, hearing the dumb things they say—that's great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, that's cool. Like, I would agree. Like, the rewarding part, like, seeing somebody go from, like, uh, like a hurricane, right, Nick? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, like, just kind of coming into their own. I mean, like, I agree, Casey. Like, I think it's great to be able to step away from a student, too. I'm like, I tell people, like, especially if in their, they're in their last, you know, one or two clinicals, it's like, like, yeah, it's one thing if I'm in the room the whole time looking at you and like giving you a side eye if you say something like, oh, that's weird or that's wrong or, <laughs> you know. You may, versus, you can just say a whole question like, you're like, and they're like, and, and, and then you jump in and you're like, well, this is what it really is. Uh, or, you know, super scapular uh, nerve. <laughs> 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 or, or just that. You know, like that idea that like, hey, like you're going to be independent in two months, like you're going to take your boards and you're going to be independent on your own. And like, I even thought of that, like, just kind of looking through this week's episode. And I'm like, Nick, I think like being, you know, you're my second CI um, in the course of clinical education. And I thought you gave a lot of leeway. And then it's like you look back as like you start as as clinician, you're like, there is nobody in here for the freaking fifth vestibular patient I've gotten in a week 
to give an answer to. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, you is know, this I, a posterior I, I, canal? Does it matter? The, yeah, right. Know. So, but but it's I think like it is. I was sweating a lot in those days. Uh, but it, it's like you know, again, just part of that growth process. And I like I, I kind of draw on that as a CI too. And I'm just like, man, if if I can prepare you as much as possible, like these things are going to happen, right? Like happens to everybody. But if I can prepare you as much as possible so that like this is taken in stride or, you know, some really, you know, common questions that people ask that can be taken as like, well, well, yeah, why are you in pain? Or how, how can I help you? You know, and just like, just those things that you look at now and you're like, yeah, this is like a pretty common question that everyone wants answered. And how can, you know, how can I put my own Jeremy or Casey or Nick spin on this yeah. to make it my own? You know, I, I look at that as like, to me as a CI, that's me doing the best possible, um, you know, uh, job, you know, to prepare them for the working world. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool to see somebody come from like, you know, a student to like, leaving and being like, man, this person could be, or is like, they're, they're ready to be a clinician. They're ready to be on their own. That's pretty, pretty freaking sweet. No, it's that probably definitely most rewarding part is watching that growth happen right in front of your eyes. And as you guys have mentioned already, just seeing people kind of grow professionally throughout their careers as well and keep tabs on them and maintain some of those, maintain some of those relationships. I think, I think it's, um, you know, I, I think it's, we get, there's so many rewarding aspects to what we do, you know, even, yeah. even if it's not a PT student, if it's like an undergrad, right. You know, I have taken quite a number of undergrad interns who've um, kind of really helped me out of the EV performance, especially in those formative years. I think I had one in like 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So five years in a row. You know, and building those relationships, seeing those guys go off into physical therapy school, uh, you know, get back into the workforce and still stay in contact with with at least a couple of them pretty routinely. Good dudes. Um, I can't wait to get my first mass comm intern in here on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) actually, I think MSUM had a program back in the day when I was up there. Just have somebody in the background running numbers for me, crunching numbers. That's fun, that's fun, and you're always, like, happy to do a letter rack, get those people in PT school, I think that's awesome, but one of the things, like, I'm jumping, I'm throwing my hat back in the ring to do some orthopedic residency mentorship for the first time, also in five years, maybe doing that this fall, and that, that, Having done that, I've had two students um, through that. That was really enjoyable for me because you're then you're you're dealing with more seasoned, experienced clinicians, and you can you can really, I think. Hopefully, you, I gave you, some higher level questions. Well, it was it was much, but you weren't even a bad. You weren't. It's silly, silly. Um, no, but I think the only awkward thing there, as you said, was like we have to record, was it like a 10 to 15 minute uh, patient case study dialogue between the two of us? And that itself was just awkward a little bit. But you know what, yeah. though, that's that's better than uh, uploading the 37 page deal on the MOSC every three years after your. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
your case study I would, I would there. Take, yeah, I would take that upload any it day did, now. You know, to that credit, <laughs> I didn't like having to fill out a format, but it, but it kept me, you know, keeps you sharp, keeps you thinking critically on like what you're doing. Like no, it, like uh, Casey said too. It's like you can get in those times where you're like, you know, you don't, you know, you're, you're more involved in like the soft skill stuff with people, and I try to yeah. make that a point with everybody to be like, hey, uh, I want you to like at least one time at the eval if not multiple times like hey i want you to have an open form to ask questions like if i'm asking you to do something i should have a really dang good reason as to why i am and you know like yeah. if you don't have questions that's fine too but i i want to give you that just like please ask questions like that's why yeah. i'm here and and i like try to put a like really like bold face name on it right away because so many people are like yeah like I went to my doctor and they told me this and he like, you ask questions like, yeah, no, no. And, and that's important. Well, like I said, whether it's just our patient care or, or whether it's with students too. And like, like you said, Casey too, like, I think hopefully with students, it pushes us to a higher level or hopefully with orthopedic residency students, it pushes us to a higher level as to like, why am I really selecting this intervention or uh, what's my rationale? Well, I'll tell you what. So, I think I agree with you completely. We should be thinking that way. And and I'll be honest, you know, I've kind of taken a different, you know, these last few years have been a different track for me where yep. a lot of that stuff, it's been nice to do clinic care, but the level or the intensity, you know, hasn't been there. Yeah. And I'm trying to kind of marry that stuff because you go through so much where you're just chasing the next thing. You're trying, you're pushing, pushing, pushing to be the best. Right. And some of that's great on students getting that OCS. And then, then you start reflecting back on how you come across other people, you know, right or wrong, right? All of us have different weaknesses and strengths and sometimes you come off strong and people are like, okay, you lack humility, right? So then then your pendulum swings back and I spent these last few years just like trying so hard not to like be that guy, right? But now I'm kind of like feeling this calling and I was really, some of what's really speaking to me right now is Cameron Haynes has a book he put out called Endure. It's about just like, it's no different than so many other things, but just channeling what you, you need to be the absolute best every day. And God gave you talents. So you're only letting him down and yourself down if you're not putting your best forward every single day. doesn't mean you're going to brag about yourself, but have the confidence to do that and push yourself, push yourself, push yourself more and more. And that's really speaking to me and it's getting me to want to do these things again, right? And get yeah. back into that stuff. Like do more journal club, be, yeah. be contributing in that stuff, yeah. speaking to these groups. And, you know, I, I, I'm at my best when I'm stimulated that way mentally. No, I'd agree with you on that. Like the, the, uh, I mean, you, uh, you gave me that, like, yeah, gentle reminder the other day like, I mean, get on journal club and i haven't and and it's like to to be in that realm where it's like hey like these are like this is just a group of your peers that are just highly educated that will challenge you or at least present you know potentially yeah, a new present. topic or or yeah. present a new way to think of an old topic like that's good. And like uh, I say over and over, like that's just like a shift that I need to because I say over and over, like our our staff is is young. Our staff here is young. Um and I I say that like to this You're day, the old guy. I mean, it was that like for you. 
I yeah, mean, no, that's, that's a whole other I, topic, but you're like the old guy in the clinic. See, that's what I miss about like when we were in Marshall, it was like I was the rook, right? Like mm-hmm. the rookie, right? And and you could sit there and you could be but you like, transition through it. Yeah, but you could and not I, I wouldn't say that was ever in a bad way, but you could just like kind of throw stuff out and be like, like, why are we doing this? Like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? You know, and like I like strive for that. Like I love that debate. I love that. Like, even if we're on two polar ends of the, uh, you know, the topic, like we can have that debate and I feel like I can defend why I do it and somebody else can too. And we can go away from that or, you know, you can change your practice, which is great. Like either way, like yeah. you can either defend why you're doing it and have a good reason or, you could be like, huh, that might be a spot I need to change. And mm-hmm. yeah. um, I, I think that to me is like the key to having a successful practice, like a, a successful career, because it's so easy to get into ruts and be like, yeah, this is the way like I treat this, this is the way I treat this. And, you know, or this was the research when I came out of school and I'm like, like that's already 10 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like just easy to fall into those things and be like, ah, I've got it. And, I'll never forget, like, right before we graduated, they go, you know, like, hey, like, uh, I forget the time for in these 10, 15, 20 years. They're like, in that amount of time, like, 50% of this is going to be false. And 50% of what you learned is going to hold true. And your job is to figure out which is which, right? You yeah. know, it's like just an ever changing field. And that's the cool part. So, you know, as, as radical as <clears throat> on that same notion, as radical as, a lot of the PE stuff was when it first started getting out there. What probably my favorite line that I heard Adrian Lowe say at that the very first course I went to is, he's like he he's like this isn't it. This isn't the only thing. And he's like if you're yeah. ever around if you're ever around any if you're ever in a class where you know the instructor is like this is it. This is the cure. This is how you do it. He's like get out. Beep, beep, beep. Yep. Yeah. Because <clears throat> nothing's the only thing. Right. We haven't had, we haven't come close to figuring that out, and every human being is so different, right? So it's just it takes that constant honing because what worked, you know, what did work for, and maybe it does. It gives you a clinical experience piece, but maybe what worked for ninety nine percent of your patients doesn't work doesn't for that hundred one. But let's let's be let's be flexible enough to learn from that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. students too. Yeah, and I I would say that is one area that students have gotten a lot better at over the years. I would say in the seven some odd years I've been taking students, because I didn't take students for the first four or five years of my career, um, is definitely that they are a little more prepared for um, words that hurt, words that heal. You know, that, that, that kind of piece, the what patients need to know part, they're a lot better at that stuff than I ever was when I was a student. And having a nice delivery um you know and just being aware of the biopsychosocial model and the social determinants of health i think they're covering that stuff more too you know and and just being good mid-level providers and knowing to take vitals and you know my students are better at taking vitals than my staff are you know it just that stuff's good you know it's uh, i think they've gotten a lot better at that stuff and a lot better at critical thinking um, and maybe that's just a byproduct where I take students from, I guess I shouldn't say that for every school, but you know, we use like the, ISM model. Univer- is it a lot of university of South Dakota patients? Uh, or, zero, uh, I refuse. Student. I've never taken <laughs> the oath in my life. I, I oh. figured those would be the, like the highest level. 
Yeah, I'm not smart enough to take those students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you might you might challenge your preconceived notions too much. I mean, I don't know. I just they come in and they they teach you. (laughs) Yeah, maybe somebody student of student of the year. I agree with you though. I I wrote that on my notes. Like you know, they're coming out with more exposure to PNE, more exposure to dry needling, less modality stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the guys. So I haven't taken students. We still have a number of them down here that I interact with, <clears throat> rub elbows with, and get to know, and I get their thoughts on it. Because I, I like to, I like to probe about modalities too. Just like, what are you guys take on it? What are you getting in school nowadays? Because to your point on old clinicians, old practitioners learning new tricks, right? We still we still have that at some locations. People leaning on ultrasound yet, um, with like zero evidence. There hasn't been evidence for decades on that. And and talking to students, they're like, yeah, I, they're we're basically told it's like old antiquated stuff and stuff you used to do, stuff you used to see a lot. No, mm. You just don't get it. Like, Aware yeah, of that's it. The way it should be, right? Yeah, I yeah, I, I'm impressed with the students. Like I said, the critical thinking is so much better and not having to have algorithms, just being able to work through thought processes and I don't know. That stuff's good. They're they're a lot better that way. So Awesome. Any closing remarks on this before I move on? No, I think we covered it all. Uh, for therapists listening, I recommend taking students. Throw your name in the hat. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, it takes a little humility to take students sometimes, but I think it's totally worth it, and I think it makes you a better clinician. Um, yeah. And you know, in the next step hey. of teaching too, I like that same same thing, man. Teach a class. Uh, that's that's a blast too. That's the next step. Yeah. Any students out step. there? Any students out there? Come come on. Tell you I want to hear Big Stone. Get one of these fun dudes to teach you up. Always Learn. willing to take kids. So. Learn yeah. Learn well, yeah. Well, now we're on. Wall. Now we're on <laughs> the top five, 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 five. five. <clears throat> these are the this week. Without any further ado, the top five television series that had to have been released had to have their debut episode in the year two thousand or more recent. Okay, so like Frasier doesn't work. We can't put Seinfeld in there. We can't put Friends in there. You know, etc. So what shows are those? Never heard of them. Because that's going to be another top five for another time. Um, it is. I'm into it. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. But uh, who wants to go first? I think I kicked off last week. I mean, I can certainly do it again. Uh, I can go first. I, uh, I Make another I like Jeremy sandwich list. again? Yeah, back to it. I didn't like the We're taste of the last it. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it worked gamey. better that way. <laughs> yeah, this was, a, this was a fun list to put together. Lots of good shows since 2000. Um, so, yeah, and just, uh, you know, Kind of, you got to remind yourself what year everything was and to look back. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I always, you know, I think I kind of do it the same way Nick does. Uh, you know, I throw my list together, get, feel pretty solid about it. And then I go back and make sure I didn't miss anything. Look <laughs> yep, at other people's lists. Brief and, little list right there. Um, five over there. So, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And then to really think of like, how much I like that show in the moment versus how much I like it now. And did it hold up? Mm. You know, there's some of that as you lots of considerations. Yes, yeah, yes, lots yes. of things to consider it. Um, <laughs> Cause I would definitely say my number five 
uh, aired from 2005 to 2013, so quite a long-running show. Mm. Didn't like it very much when it was on. If I'm going to be honest, I was not one of the folks caught up in the storm, didn't watch it a whole lot, but now, later, a huge fan of it, uh, and that would be the American version of The Office. Oh, that's your fifth? Yeah. No, this oh is a killer list, Jeremy. God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, again, I... I and, you know, this whole, this probably kicked off, or at least was one of the main ones where it was like this um, eclectic group of people, and you really had to watch every week to, like, yeah. get used to the characters and to find the the idiosyncrasies that made these people funny. They weren't show, you know, typically the, the 90s sitcoms, you could pick any episode from any season, and they were all kind of the in. same. You know, they you just dropped yeah. in. You didn't need to know anything about it other than maybe mm-hmm. the situation a little bit. Um, where shows like The Office, uh, Community, 30 Rock, all, all these NBC shows, Parks and Rec, like you really had to almost fight through the first season. I would say all four of those shows, the first seasons, first seasons were struggles. A little slow. You know, yeah. little slow, the jokes didn't always hit. But then once you made it through eight seasons and you went back, you can watch the first season and just love it. Like I've seen episodes on the first season of the office a ton now and i think they're hilarious but i remember just thinking like ah this show's never gonna hold like it's just not that really? funny yeah mm-hmm. okay because i had a lot of people who were like dude you gotta watch the office it's hilarious and i'm like ah, boy i've seen 10 Whatever. 12 episodes it's not that great like characters are dumb um there's no they just stare at the camera all the time so but now i mean now i can look back i mean steve carell's performance is just phenomenal he's probably the most likable so unlikable character ever made um, yeah. and just the heart he put into that performance is phenomenal i mean him alone watching you know and he is definitely i would say once he left um probably puts it down on the list a little more if they had mm-hmm. stopped at season seven it might be higher on my list yeah um, yeah just it's a fair uh, critique they yeah try, it tarnishes they try. You a I little mean, bit after tried. seven seasons you guys <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you guys are giving it a fair shake, but uh, definitely <laughs> uh, Steve Carell. I haven't I, ranked it, Jeremy. You haven't heard my list yet. Yeah, maybe it's I, number one. I have basically modeled all my management slash leadership <laughs> after Steve Carell. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm more of a Stanley type, <laughs> type guy. That's yeah. my management style. I just send you crosswords, but oh, the dementors. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many awesome moments. Yeah, we could we could do a whole cast on the office probably because yeah. it's definitely okay. Fine, we'll stuff. go to we'll go to my number five. Yeah, that's yeah. my number five. <laughs> number right. five is the office. All right, J Bone. <laughs> What's your number five? Uh, my number five is uh, it was on ABC, uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Um, I don't know if you guys watch that or not. <laughs> no, go on, uh, tell me about it. Is this is is this the one where like the teacher kills her husband and then the kids try to cover it up? Something along those lines. Kind of along those lines. Oh yeah, yeah. my wife was, so a was a fan. It was a sh- yeah. My wife got me into it too, uh, and once I started, I couldn't stop. Uh, it's a Shonda Rhimes like she's she's pretty good um and uh yeah you have this basically this law professor that gets this kind of group of interns and you have like kind of multiple murders that happen but they know the law so they know how to cover it up and uh a lot of drama a lot of intrigue um i won't give any spoiler alerts but that that was a good series if you haven't hit one 
I, I think it was five series uh, or five seasons on that, maybe six, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it's worth it. Uh, give it a watch. How to Get Away with Murder, my number five. Yeah, I've seen Hit and Miss. Uh, I ran into the issue of like the slow develop on that show. Like it is, it is a slower developing one. It was You're, definitely one. Like, boy, you probably could have did two seasons out of those five and had a really tight show but yeah yep. but that's you know if you're a major network show i mean that's because they do 20 episodes in a season or whatever i mean you you're just forced to have to do filler when you do these major network shows that's you're definitely right. the advantage of cable and streaming platforms is you can do a lot tighter show yeah yeah so <clears throat> yeah, it's hard to I'll fall check it out. check it out no, right. i will how to get away with murder i will i will okay all right, my number five <clears throat> really only has three seasons to it. Uh, they exist in the same universe, but very different stories. Um, or not very different, but uh, unrelated stories. True Detective, HBO series. Um, really on the, I mean, really on the strength of seasons one and three. I'm also, I mean, season two, I don't believe is as bad as a lot of people made it out to be. I just think season one was so epic, and um, incredibly good. I think season one of True Detective still. I'll see how Stranger Things goes this year, but it might be the best season of anything. I don't know what you really call it that. Um, the, the use of the timeline jumping, which season three does very well as well with her song lead. Wow. And kind of retelling and remembering it. So um, amazing performances by Matthew McConaughey and Lee Harrelson. Um, kind of ah. big marks for both those guys. But uh, yeah, I think I got sucked so into that. And great, great mystery, uh, great elements to it, and awesome performances. So, True Detective. I just, look, number I just learned I've never heard of the show. Wow, really? Like, yeah, I've, no. always, I've always heard the first season's just phenomenal, but that was an HBO show, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 So, I've yeah. never watched it either just based on the platform it was on, but. Um, yeah, I've always heard it's really good. That um, looks awesome. It's got uh, a little bit of like uh, Amy. Cthulhu I could see Amy just type, loving it. Uh, yeah, I bet you would. Behind it, is that right? Not so much. I mean, they no. I mean, there's not. A, it comes up with there's like, like a tippy toe supernatural element, but really not. I mean, okay. it's like there's some cultish things going on in season in the first season. So. I, yeah. I produced it, and I get like Sherlock, Breaking Bad, Dexter, like. I don't know. It's like similar shows. Right, that looks awesome. Uh, it's really good. I, I, I'm, ge- I'm genuinely excited about this. Like I have never heard yeah, of that show. Go check out season uh, one. I, be- I, get- I know Amy. Amy would love this stuff because she's all into serial killers and they're trying yeah, to solve that's awesome. all these serial murders. So, <laughs> and the southern layout. I mean, it's in. I think it's in Louisiana. Yeah. It just. It's you know that's it. That's a life of its own too. It's yeah. Really cool. That's, that's my cool. number five. True Detective. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Good choice. Good choice. I've heard good things. My number four, very short series as well. 28 episodes from 2003 to 2006. And we've talked about it a lot on this show. It was one of those shows where like, I, boy, I couldn't wait every week to talk about it, which is, you know, an interesting thing that's gone away a little bit as we've moved away from TV. But it was like, oh man, I can't wait to talk to my buddies about this the next day. Uh, And that was Chappelle show. Chappelle show. <laughs> I mean, every week, man. That almost I, made it list. <laughs> we had to sit down. We got together with my buddies. You know, I was in college at that time, and I, I don't know if a show's ever made me laugh that hard, um, start to finish. You know, 
it was short. You know, that's probably why it's a little lower on my list because it felt like it left a little bit on the table. But like, I don't ever remember a bad episode in those 28. And I mean, mm-hmm. that stuff. Were, I mean, he had some filler skits. He had some yeah, filler did, skits, but, but you know, you're right. Very strong. Skit shows. Um, they're Game not all going to hit. Louses. For the most part. <laughs> the stuff every, hit, hit. Yeah. And every episode oh. had something that hit. You know, it wasn't like, yeah. I mean, I can watch SNL and like literally sit through an episode of SNL. Uh, and, be yeah. coming you know, just with nothing yeah i mean tron tyrone i mean <laughs> dude became the richest person in america on a hot hand of dice i mean that's you know it's just <laughs> stuff yeah. like that you know i mean it, and it was yeah. a culture thing at the time it would be i suppose i probably should go back and watch it now Rewatch it i did about six months ago and man those kids are not they're not pc today yeah, but yeah, holy it's... smokes, they're funny. Uh, <laughs> you don't know me, Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah uh, it's, uh, it was good. So yeah, that was my number good. four. Awesome, uh, love the Chappelle show. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, Still what's your to this day? In a shocking development, the white people draft Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Amazing moments. <laughs> so good. Uh, so this is like this is like probably more than like a again like you get a lot of timepiece stuff with me like uh versus like how good the show was uh this was like PT school for me it was psych mm. uh, Oh yeah yeah on a short know. list for sure probably Dude, six or seven I'm telling you between Sean and Gus I'm like I loved how you know right like they think he's psychic but he's just using his powers of observation all the time Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of stupid yeah. slapstick comedy, but I, I think I forget. I forget what it was like seven or eight seasons. Mm-hmm. That was like always in the background while I was studying. Like there yeah. was, I didn't yeah. have cable, so it was on Netflix. So it was just like always on going, and it's just like I don't know. Brings me back to that crappy tiny one bedroom apartment in Vermilion. Uh, it's good. I got. I w- Michelle was really into psych. And yeah. like huge into psych, and I enjoyed it. Thing was, didn't it? Was it like a 10 p.m. slot on USA? See, I didn't. I didn't ever watch it while it was like in like on oh, okay. TV. I it was pure like Netflix. So you just oh, would fire oh, yeah. okay. episode after episode after episode. <clears throat> gotcha. After episode. Yeah. So I, think I didn't. I, I didn't watch it week after week. But it yeah, was we like, didn't have cable either. Like when I was in college, or, or even when. I've, we've never had cable. I've never had cable since I graduated high school. So we always just bought the DVDs when they came out. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> so Sweet. that's how I took it in. You know, the seasons would come out six months after they aired, and then we'd buy them and hammer through them that way. So I was, was right on the show. cusp. I was right on the cusp. But like, I had like the Netflix plan where you got like two movies a month and then you mm-hmm. got the streaming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was yeah. on the streaming. So, yeah. God, Loss was on it. Yeah, I got back into Scrubs that way too. Another, another show on my my short list. But you're right, Psych was a great. What were the years on Psych again? Gosh, I'd have to look it up. I think it was like four to twelve or something like that. And now they've Um, had like what three or four movies. um, Yes, yeah. Um, I I, I only watched the first one, but it was uh, it was oh six to fourteen. That's wild. Six to fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good show. Good yeah, show. definitely like season three, four, five were really good when they had like uh, the yin and yang killer at the end of every yeah. season. Like that was a cool storyline. Just somebody that could actually beat Sean, you know, like challenge him anyways. And challenge. 
Don't actually killed him. people and yeah. he, you know he, those were cool storylines so yeah they had some stakes to it yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. Yeah, Sean and Gus, one of the best uh, buddies on TV. Right? Just yeah. Two guys that just got each other and talk about pop culture. I mean, Sean's a, he's me. I mean, that pop culture he throws out all the time, constantly. You know, mm-hmm. that was a you great would show. Be a good Sean, you'd be a good Sean. Yeah. I'd... Hours of observation. Yeah, he's on. Uh, he's on some show now. My wife's watching, and he just holds a place in my heart. I'm like, oh, Sean. You, yeah. you guy, you. <laughs> I didn't realize this till I just talked about True Detective, but my other shit, my number four is also an HBO show, um, much a different genre. It's Eastbound and Down, mm-hmm. 2009, So good. I am <clears throat> quite, quite the sucker for Danny McBride basically playing himself as a overage <laughs> baseball pitcher. Um, I mean, just. If you've watched the show, if you watch, especially the first season, and then and then it, season two first is a little so somber. Good. First season's amazing. Uh, it's so Second season's got a little somber note, but then third and fourth are just really funny. And, and um, he just continually makes bad decisions, too. I mean, that, there's part just of that. Just a direct show. He's kind of learning, you know. Um, just really fantastic. I love it. Um, I still quote different lines about it, too. Like there, there's this probably my all-time favorite line that I'll move on. It's like I think it's season one when he gets back on steroids, try to resurge his career. And he's he's always doing his audible tape and his <laughs> yeah. recording, and he's he's like, I once had a strength and conditioning coach one time in college try to get me on a weight training program. I told him like I ain't gonna lift that shit. It's heavy. <laughs> you know, like, why do I need to lift weights to throw a hundred mile an hour fastball? You know, my hands been blessed by God. Seems like a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. yeah, that first season's so good. Um, yeah, yeah, I've I dropped off. Second season lost me a little bit, and then I just never. I watched season three and four, but I don't know. Once the kid got in the mix and things, I, I, I lost me a little bit. But he's I, I'm I'm a big big fan. Good show. But yeah, if you ever said like, what's uh, number one season of a comedy? That's got to be right up there. That's a killer season. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. He's got his, his zip, his line back to the principal who's like in the triathletes or he's a triathlete. Mm. And he's like, you know, I've been doing a lot of like, you know, running, cycling, swimming. He's like, well, I'm, I play a real sport as opposed to like just being really good at exercising not being good at exercising his his arrogance is just on a whole nother level especially because he's such garbage yeah he's not a good dude i had the mother (laughs) effing spoon man at a party i don't know sound guard videos yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's just so many dumb things like that yeah i loved it yeah that's great choice yeah it just uh the the reasons that the rest of the seasons were sub not subpar but just didn't get high enough on my list to go into even my top yeah. five so that's great yeah. my number three 2016 to present time Ooh, uh Ooh. we have Ooh. talked present? about it already present? so yeah. it's stranger oh. things Ooh. stranger things yeah <laughs> talking, you know we're definitely that nostalgia age group and this this show hits it on all cylinders every season uh the acting usually i don't like child actors but these these guys whatever it's the directing the situations they put them They're in like they do, 30 they do a great job um <laughs> you know even sure. in, even in season <laughs> one you know they they just put them in acting situations that they could succeed at and um the story's great you know 
um, the adult actors interacting with the kids is really good. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I, I just, I like every part of it. We've talked a ton about it already on this episode, so I don't need to go into any more, but that's my number three, Stranger Things. Yeah. Obviously very solid, very solid choice. Jeremy? <laughs> I'm claiming recency bias, but... There uh, might be, you're correct. <laughs> uh, my number three is the Big Bang Theory. Mm, uh, not quite two and a half, man. From seven to nineteen, man, dude, I'll tell you, it is right. It said sitcom, right? You're gonna basically get the the, the same uh, episode over and over, right? Like uh, Sheldon's looking for his Nobel Peace Prize, and <laughs> Leonard's trying to get after Penny, right? Uh, but uh, it works, man. I, I like in terms of like sitcoms, anyways, like pretty witty humor a lot of times like uh pretty smart humor in a lot of cases i think mm-hmm. uh, and uh i don't know something that you could throw on you know like you said at any point in time you can grab any episode and you're gonna laugh uh during it so <laughs> uh that was my number three big bang theory yeah i've Solid. seen a lot of episodes in syndication you know and i would yeah. say you take that show and dump it into the 90s and it'd probably be pretty high on my list you know, just it'd be based, bigger. It'd be bigger than Friends. You know, based on what it was competing against. But now that you know that model just seems dated <laughs> to me now. You know, it is. So it's a little it harder is. for me to sit through. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I can't. I can't speak. I I watched it very sparingly and just never connected with me. And I'm a Johnny Galecki fan. <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> yeah, that's not actually true. That's not true. <laughs> no. I was a big Roseanne guy. Yeah, so. I did. I, it's another suit, another another uh, demo it like, there. It was like watching 80s. my family on TV, Jeremy. <laughs> there was a, there was a lot there was a lot of similarities there. I think my dad was Dan Connor. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a farmer version of Dan Connor. Yeah, uh, mine oh. was like a biker version, which Dan Connor was a biker, I guess. So he was yeah. just Dan Connor. So <laughs> a little shorter, but, but this ain't an '80s and '90s sitcom show. It's a series. 2000. It's beyond. a 2000. So my number <laughs> three. Uh, is from 2009-2015. It was Parks and Recreation, which was dropped just a little bit ago. Um, a just a, the office? Just a really fantastic... Uh, yeah, so not a new concept, <laughs> right? It's not It's not living off of something that's new radical idea for humor, yeah. but they did it so damn well. And I was skeptical at first. I remember when I first, when it launched, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I think Greg was Greg Daniels is the U S office guy. And he did both shows. I believe so. And you're like, okay, well then, then he's not really, you're not going to fault a guy for like doing the same thing twice, but as opposed to somebody else just ripping off, but you got, you have so many good, you know, characters and actors on there. who still Ron. have like, like Ron, I mean, Ron Swanson's a top five all time television character. Andy, Andy's. I mean, yeah, Tom Haverford. Tom. I mean, <laughs> but Leslie. I, I've grown to really like Leslie, even though she's, you know, she's kind of like the center of the show. Yeah. Um, and sometimes she, you'd never want to work with her. She reminds me of a lot of people that you had to work with at the time, and you're like, <laughs> oh my god, overachiever and like constantly carving the way, you know, the trailblazing woman role. And she goes into the hole in the park, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But there's so much to like about it. I mean, Chris Pratt is absolute most likable. Um, good, he's good. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, uh, is it Aubrey Plaza? She plays uh, April. Uh, what's her April? 
you know, she plays that character so well in the way that her and Andy somehow connect because they're extremely different people. Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's fun, there's fun things to be had in there, and I think they just did it really, really well. As much as it is kind of like a retcon, different relocation for the office, I thought they did it really, really well. It was well done. So, and you didn't, you didn't even mention Rob Lowe. Oh, you're Rob Lowe. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're right. You're you're beating yeah, you in the Adam punch, Scott. I'm a big Adam Scott, but I think Adam Scott. I think that's the most boring Adam Scott version you're going to get. Yeah, you know, I think he's a really talented guy. I think he. You look at like Step. Hit maybe it shows his range. Step Brothers versus that is like completely different roles. Yeah, I thought he played a straight man pretty well. The straight yeah, man. Yeah, he gets early Ben you know? Schwartz. You know, oh, yeah. now, now he's Sonic, but um, making that cheddar. He's flush with cash. Yeah, I mean that character, like, <laughs> just so obnoxious. Henry Winkler as his dad, you know, uh, the doctor. Yeah. Um, I quote his sister, uh, who the quick, "Don't be suspicious" line all the time when they're he's at his own funeral. Don't <laughs> be suspicious, suspicious, suspicious. <laughs> Don't be. They're dancing. Like, isn't that him? Run! Yeah. Like, it's Run. So and then dumb. he had. And then um, I'm I'm blanking on the gal who plays his sister, but she was like, she's doing yeah. some good stuff now. She was like, she was awesome using in the that voice role. acting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She does like pets, right? She really likes pets and other stuff. Yeah, she was uh, the rabbit in Zootopia. I believe. No, she was the the lamb in Zootopia. Um, I can't think of her name offhand, she, but she does yeah. a ton of stuff. She she does stuff, and she's she really big mouth. The cartoon big mouth. Yeah, big yeah, yeah. Although she dropped that role because she played the black girl and she wasn't black, so she decided to ditch that Uh-oh. role. But mm-hmm. yeah, so so that was yeah. my number three, Parks and Rec. Yeah, that was yeah, definitely yeah. like a 5A, 5B for me. You know, I probably put The Office just a little bit higher, just being a little more re- original at the time. But I would say Parks and Rec, there's probably very few shows other than maybe my number two where I felt like the people making it were having a blast. Like, you got that positive energy when you watch Parks and Rec. Like, mm-hmm. those people just loved being there and making the show. There was always that, like, little undertone yeah. of we're just messing around and you're catching it on camera you know yeah. like that tiny mm-hmm. little hint of a smile on every you, scene from everybody exactly, you know if you if you want to laugh really really hard just watch their gig reels that are like on youtube for parks yeah. and rec or the office and you can see that play out like everybody's mm-hmm. just they're busting each other up the whole time and having a great one with it. yeah everybody's half a second away from breaking character and just laughing so yeah uh, cool show love it it's definitely one of my top shows um my number two uh from 2001 to 2010 although i don't know if i'd count the last season um would be scrubs uh nick mentioned it earlier so i I, I love buddy shows and this is probably uh jd and turk probably the best buddy combo uh any show so uh but it was funny goofy so over the top it was something that was like just hit a chord with me because it was so goofy but in the same episode, you could have moments where you're crying. You know, they could yeah, talk about eating disorders, together. addiction, suicide, you know, the just the mortality of having cancer and like all these things and the stress of being a doctor, stress of being a nurse. And it as goofy as it was, it's very, you know, realistic too. You know, I, a lot of people will say that's the cool thing about Scrubs is they had such a good medical um review board with their writing that it's actually pretty accurate you know a lot of the stuff that goes on even though you know once you take away the goofy parts of it like the medical part of it's actually you know semi-accurate you know it's not a show where the doctors are doing 
surgeries and the running tests mm-hmm. and like every doctor stay in their lane you know uh, jd was a surgeon that's all he did was surgery you know or uh, turk was a surgeon all he did was surgery jd yeah. was general yeah. you know it so it was very accurate that way you know unlike a show like house where like you do every single thing in the hospital and you're every doctor is a superman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah you know the, the, like I said, enough. the last season tarnishes it a little when they do the med school thing but i consider that a separate show because they changed the name so i didn't let it See, tarnish me i i definitely had it in my honorable mentions but i, cu- I couldn't make a top five as much as i enjoyed it as as well i, I enjoyed tons of great music too i think that's mm-hmm. an underrated aspect Killer that music. show used great music um but i didn't finish book? it i didn't i never finished it so oh. like you referencing season 10 i gotta i gotta jump back into that at some point the last the episode car. of season eight when they thought that was going to be the finale um, what is it on uh, it what, what? was on NBC, and then its last two seasons were on ABC. And I don't know. I think you can stream it on Hulu, maybe. Uh, no, I, I, it's on. It's on something else. I've never too. watched it. I think it's, it might be on that. Netflix or some. It's on something we we, have, never, we don't have Hulu, so. Yeah, but I've mean, seen it. Yeah. But at the end, when he's leaving the hospital after saying goodbye to everybody, and they're like playing the film of him and Elliot growing old together, and they got Peter Gabriel's Book of Love in the background as he's watching that, you know. Yeah, it just hits me in the feels because you build up to this moment. And like, and that's kind of the cool part about JD too, is like he's this super loving doctor. You know, he just puts everything into his patients, but he puts so much into his patients. He has like his free time, his social life. He's just, he's not a great friend. He's not a great, like a super boyfriend. Like he sabotages a lot of his relationships, you know, and it's kind of real, like, because he puts so much, he puts so much into his work and he puts his heart and soul into it. Like he doesn't, give his friends and family the time they deserve. And you see that with his, you know, his dad ends up passing away and he doesn't have a good relationship with him. And his brother mm-hmm. is a mess up and he doesn't have a good relationship with him. And, you know, with uh, Elliot uh, is on and off again, love interest. You know, he just doesn't have enough time for her. She doesn't have enough time for him. It's very real. I, I just, yeah, yeah. It's an emotional show that'll make you laugh and cry in the same episode multiple times a season. So that's my number two yeah. scrubs. Yeah. It's a good one. So when I haven't watched, I need to watch it. That's what I was asking. Uh, hit, hit one season of True Detective up first, and then eight seasons yeah, of Scrubs, and then two more seasons of True Detective. That's a sandwich you're going to want to try. Okay. Um, so uh, my number two, like this is a case of recency bias, too. I know you guys are going to be like, oh, this guy sucks. Um, <laughs> but I... <laughs> I'm sure that's still on. I just... Uh, no, I, I just recently rewatched the whole series of this. Uh, this was another one that I, I watched in, in PT school was white collar. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Um, heard of it. Yeah. It's, uh, the bomber. Is that the main guy? It is. It is. Neil Caffrey is, uh, is a, like a world renowned art thief and then he gets caught. And so then he's working with, um, Peter Burke, who's an FBI agent. So this, it's like this kind of back and forth where like this guy's like working for the FBI, but he's always kind of doing his own thing, but then he likes the FBI guy, they're friends. So he's trying to like kind of maintain that relationship and do good things for him and make sure he's not in the lurch, that sort of thing. Too. So um, again, it's not like Tiffany a, Amber Thiessen's in that show. Is that right? She is. Yeah. Yep. Always holds uh, a spot in my heart. God, what's he Peter, Peter Burke's wife in that. Uh, but 
I don't know. I just like it enjoyable. And like, again, it's not something that's going to make you think a ton. Uh, it's like a lot of very similar uh, plot lines where you're like, oh, yeah, this is impossible to steal. How's he going to find a way to steal it and not let the FBI know he did it? Um, but uh, no, it was an enjoyable show for me. Um, and again, given the case of recency bias, because I just rewatched the whole, the whole five yeah Yeah, that's the only thing it started to drag near the end with that sameness i felt like i wish there was a better like underlying connecting story uh yeah there was one but it didn't didn't hit very hard for me it was it was supposed to be like his his girlfriend was out there and there was maybe like some danger and then that was the way and (laughs) you know you have this kind of shadowy undertone but yeah that kind of went away you're right yeah oh but, so I wish there was just a little bit more of that, but I'm, that was I'm good glad show. you know I what I was talking really about. I, I like that show. So. Yep. Cool. <clears throat> Going well, number two, two, my two, number two, two is two. not radically different from my number three. It is the Office, the U.S. version. <laughs> yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, it's that whole argument: like, are they so similar? Do I gotta only pick one? Like we talked about that before, but. I'm like, no, I, I loved it. I honest to God loved it so much. I think between the original run and then it was on Netflix forever. I think I've seen every episode at least twice, sometimes more. (laughs) Still holds up. You said, you know, Casey went on deeper dive with it at number five. I mean, Steve Carell's amazing. Um, I think that, but it's again, it's an ensemble show too, that you get to know and love the characters. Um, that makes it so much better. However, I've talked, you know, you get to talk with so many people who just can jump in and they're like, oh yeah, I caught an episode of that. I loved it. I thought it was so funny. Like, you know, they kind of get the concept. They get that it's fake documentary, but it, it who, still works. Who's your favorite character? It might be Michael. I mean, he, really? the, the thing that's, uh, that I always, that I started learning to enjoy about Michael is they, they gave you these glimpses like every two, three, four episodes, somewhere around that kid's like his abilities and his abilities connect with people yeah. because, because it, it, if you didn't do that, it would pull you out of it. And there were times where you're like, Oh my God, like who would ever allow this guy to be, you know, remaining in a leadership role this long, whether you're a paper <laughs> company or not. But then he, then he'd jump in and have an episode where he shows like some amazing heart or he shows some, some great aptitude. Right. And yeah. They have like, some okay. episodes where, you know, he has to go out and sell. Yeah. And yeah. He's just a killer salesman. Yeah. You know? It's just like any yeah. business, like, well, you're not maybe a manager, but you're our best salesman. So I guess you're going to get promoted, you know, like, uh, yeah, uh, maybe you shouldn't have just promoted the next guy in line, but yeah, yeah but love those the, whole, the, the, the dynamic between, you know, Jim and Dwight for all those years, you know, that it really held up. I don't, there's some ma- like amazing scene is when <sighs> Michael's trying to coach, you know, Dwight up on sales and they do the. <laughs> they do the mock phone call with paper ordering and um you know jim's playing mr buttlicker and, <laughs> and he wants to buy, <laughs> sales, wants to buy a million reams and the way i mean the way everybody's just all in on that scene especially big hats out to like rain wilson and steve Carell because they're the ones playing like the, you know they're not in a joke i think john krasinski did a fine job but he, he was always the viewer in on the joke, right? That was kind of his role. Well, like your, our prizes have never been. <laughs> <laughs> and the way Michael's like looks over at Dwight, like, 
he's going to buy a million dreams. And I mean, those are just such great moments. And, and again, I said the outtakes, if you catch the outtake, the gag reels. Oh, yeah. You know, um, it, it's just, it'll have you laughing the whole time. I mean, guys like Creed, Creed would just drop something so random. And, and again, over time, you got to just appreciate how weird this random character was. Yeah. You know? So, have you guys either have either of you guys uh, gone and watched like the British version at all? Yeah, I, I tried. I didn't you? like it. I didn't like it at all. It's, it it has the darker heart. I don't think it has the same. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's I, like I take Michael Scott from the first like six episodes of The Office and just roll yes. after three seasons. You know, and it's like like uh, he doesn't have that redeeming quality. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what maybe my thing with Ricky Gervais why I didn't make my top standups either because I. I don't know what the other, I mean, he could be funny, but I don't know if I like him. <laughs> you know, he's not a guy you'd want to go hang out and have some beers with. You know, you wouldn't want him to present you with a Dundee. <laughs> no, no, but I, I would take one from Steve Carell. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> totally agree. All right, that's my number two, The Office. 05 to 2013, I believe. Yeah, Correct. I think you're right. <laughs> my number one. 2008 uh, 2013 uh, it's probably low-hanging fruit but it is breaking bad 62 episodes uh, the tightest show i've ever seen uh 62 episodes and every one of them is intense from start to finish um there's lots of unlikable characters uh, i think that pulls some people away um they may not like you know his wife yeah. or hank can be tough on people but i i think that brings it all into the reality of the show is like it's not all likable characters this is things nasty it's in real um, life yeah it's and it's gritty an so unbelievable anti-hero development uh the walter white character is just phenomenal i mean that transformation from season one to season five is just incredible and and jesse's transformation from um going through all that stuff pretty much ptsd uh, by the end of it all, I mean, it's just amazing to watch these characters grow and the storyline's phenomenal. So that's, I, I could, if I had the time, I could watch 62 episodes in a row. I mean, it's just a great show. So, and yeah, everybody, a lot of people would agree with me. I mean, 16 Emmys is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty well received show. Yeah. That's okay. And it was tight. You know, it was. <laughs> definitely you know was one of those first of those like it's gonna be five seasons and it's done you know like there was there was no it knew what it was gonna do it told the story from start to finish same reason the wire was really popular for a lot of people yeah. the show knew what it was gonna be <clears throat> didn't watch that either. and it didn't try to pad it and it didn't try to extend mm-hmm. it it didn't realize hey these characters are really popular people love this let's try to expand it and make it last forever um you know so. But they do have that offshoot, like Better Call Saul, right? That's like, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, that's right. yep. Yeah. And that, that's actually a really good show, too. Um, surprisingly, I thought it wouldn't be, but it is actually phenomenal, too. Cool. On my short list. So that's my number one Breaking Bad. Awesome. Nice. Cool. Still uh, from every list I looked at. <laughs> Google them all. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I can't say any more about my number one that you guys haven't already, but mine is the office. Uh, mm. That was, that was one, like when it first came out, like we watched it from season one uh, in college at the time uh, we would get together each week and watch it. Like that's one show I can yeah. say we did that for a number of years where it was like, Hey, 
it's Thursday night. Let's watch The Office. Um, and since before or since then, I will not take the time to do that. I'm like, uh, I'll wait until there's seven episodes I can stream or four yeah. seasons that I can stream. Um, but yeah, such a good show. I was a big gym guy uh, in The Office. Um, I don't know. Uh, he had likable dude. Yeah. Um, but just... Gosh, yeah, so many skits that you could go over and over about, but uh, yeah, I won't take yeah. the time. But number one, The Office. Oh, a big shout out to John Krasinski because he's still doing big things like taking his yes. He's very different, you know. Yeah, Spy Guy. Spy Guy. Uh, Amazon. He's, oh yeah, uh, yeah. He was the. Oh, it wasn't Jack Reacher, but it was the other yeah, one. It is. Uh, isn't it Jack? No, it's not mm-hmm. Jack. Reacher. Not Jack Reacher. Um, it's uh. God. It's the remake Queer and Present Danger, Hunt for Red October. The old Tom Clancy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm typing name, in. Though. Anyways, I'm but I think that show's been He's no canceled Ford. now, though. I think that got the X. Jack Ryan. Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Oh, it was a Jack. Jack Reacher. J- Jack R. Was close. Reacher. Reacher. Reacher, Reacher. Reacher say, is a good That would have made too. my top five had there been more of it, right? If they oh, were, that's a good If they can was... keep it up. Mm, that's watch, spot on. watch yeah. it it's worth yeah. it no you you get you know the office like i said you know michael obviously everybody can can relate to jim right he's the most relatable character and yeah. awesome but like i said i think if you took i'm striving to be michael it'd be hard <laughs> to find anybody now in high in hindsight to replace steve carell as michael and i mean obviously they try to dabble mm. those guests you know for a while and they took it in that really weird like i mean it did hold up even a little bit with uh, who am I thinking of that came in as the creepy boss, Robert California. James Spader. 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 Yeah, Fader. Yep. Ultron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's that that just add, that added like a weirdness to it, you know, but it still worked because they could play off of him, but he was super creepy and yeah. not very likable. Um, awesome choice, Jeremy. Awesome. Um, my number one. We've already beat to death here, but I did go with Stranger Things. Ooh. In my heart of hearts. Because maybe. But it's it's also a show I've seen the first three seasons twice. You know, gone back, rewatched them with the kids. Second time through with the kids. Ooh. They all they all like it. They all was it freaky for them? Yeah, to certain degrees, yeah. And we haven't seen them already. You can having seen the episodes already, you can kind of steer them away at different times if you're worried about certain you know gore <laughs> scenes and stuff like you that. said shut up quit crying <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> the scotch tape out yeah <laughs> you're watching this doing it. the bird box meme <laughs> no. no um i think the writing's tight you know we talked about the the child actors being pretty darn high quality yeah. um pulls you in the story's very engrossing. I I like, you know, how you mentioned with Breaking Bad. These guys also have had a you know a vision four to five ep- four to five seasons, excuse me, and then they're gonna be done. Um and I feel like I, the vibe of every like the music, as I mentioned with uh, you know, scrubs, the the score to Stranger Things gets so underrated too. Like the synthesizer riffs that they use. Um it just it helps take you back to that vibe that they're searching for. I think they nail it on so many different levels. So, um, 
it hit, it hits for me. Um, they got a broad, ever growing array of characters that you seem to care about, you know, and that that maintains some interest uh, season to season. So um, I could go on and on again, but you know, we did for quite a while early on the show. So so excited to see where they take it. Yeah, this last season and a half. Great list. Can't argue. Can't argue. Cool. Same to you, fellas. And that is episode 24 of PT Shop Talk. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you got questions, comments, concerns, lists you want to hear us talk about, topics you want us to cover, shoot us an email at ptshoptalk at gmail.com. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube at PT Shop Talk if you want to see our ugly mugs. Until next time, I'm Casey Hansen, and with me, as always, is... Jeremy Van Klein. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it someday. We'll figure it out someday. Yeah. <laughs>